Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saying, that song that's our opening song to the tell it like it is show that's from timothy spell this is that and i never get tired of it because i love the words i love the music he does a great job singing i love that harmonica pastor bob 
Tell It Like It Is radio show, broadcasting live from Dickinson, North Dakota on KDIX. That's an AM station here. And we are also being picked up by KDIX's website and also Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. So we can be listening. Our target audience certainly is this area around Dickinson, North Dakota, but we are also broadcasting to those across the nation and even some across the world. We've got the Frost family listening tonight in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Casey and Jackson out in Southheart are listening. We've got uh, Dave and Lauren listening tonight out in Fargo. We've got, um, let's see, who's this? Yvonne listening in Bowman. Burling family listening in Park River, North Dakota. We've got the uh, Jasmine and Bismarck. They're coming in pretty quick now. We've got, um, let's see, who else here? We've got the Millers listening in Golva, North Dakota. That's out in the middle of nowhere out there. We've got uh, Brother Griffith from Great Falls, Montana listening. If you are listening tonight and you want to text me, do this at 701-290-7862. Or you can, if you're out of the country and you want to email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. You're listening to uh, Holy Ghost. If you're on Holy Ghost Radio, this is live if you're listening October 21st, 2019. If you're not, this will be podcasted. You can listen to this podcast later. The title of this is going to be Get Rid of the Manure. Brother David Rowland in Kentucky listening tonight. We've got Brother Gray from Kentucky listening tonight. What's all, what are all these guys from Kentucky here? Uh, we got uh, Luke Stoner listening. Becky and Luke are listening tonight. Doug Fuller listening. You know what? Doug Fuller has been on this radio show, and he spoke a little word into my life on um, Friday night at a after a minister's banquet I was at in Bismarck, and I preached about that today. And, and uh, Brother Doug, I'm going to probably do my next week's radio show on the topic that you spoke into my life. Um, the mayor of Leffer is listening tonight, so good to have, have him. And um, Leffer, if you're not from this area, Leffer is not a huge town. It's it's a town that's southeast of Dickinson. And when the mayor of Leffer texts me, I always just get such such a smile. Uh, we've got Justin listening. Um, Justin and his dad are listening at their home in Golva. Uh, let's see. I just better quit reading this and start doing my program. But text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Now, as I mentioned. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. I know of at least one getting baptized this coming Wednesday in the name of Jesus. I'm excited about that. Had a great service today. All kinds of new visitors again and some and some visitors that have been coming back. Um, just excited about what God's doing. If you don't know what's going on in Dickinson, we were able to buy the top level of the Elks Building, which is a gigantic building here in Dickinson, uh, that building will has room to seat 500 people in the congregation. It's right on Interstate 94. It's it's just cool. I mean, it is just so cool. Um, I'm just like my wife and I still are just totally amazed. We moved here uh, many times. It was just our family in church. We had another family coming to church, and um, sometimes it was you know just 10 of us or 12 of us or even even less in church, and, and now to see what God is doing. We're just so excited about it, 
And, uh, and I, and I, I'll tell you what, I give all the credit to God and all to, to this truth, this Acts 238 message. This is what the last day message, you know, I want to encourage you. If you're a pastor out there that preaches the Acts 238 message, don't give up. Uh, this, this is, uh, we've got everything we need to see great revival. We've, we've got the power of God, the spirit of God. Uh, we've got the name of God. And, um, and Jesus said, when you pray to the Father, use my name. That's what he said. Well, anyway, tonight I am going to get into, uh, I might, if this is all right, I might play the same song through the whole broadcast. When I do, when I do my little breaks for songs, I might do that, and you'll see why in just a minute. But I want to start in the book of Ezekiel. I've been doing some preaching, some thinking, some, um, reading out of the book of Ezekiel chapter 18 lately. Hey, just while you're praying too, good friend of mine, um, a brother Dave in our, in Fargo requested prayer for Scott and a Jojo. And both of these men are facing, um, some pretty serious things. So if you're a prayer, pray for Scott and also Jojo. Acts chapter 18, I want to read four verses. Verse starting with verse 20. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity, shall not bear the iniquity of the son, of the father. Neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins and he shall, that he has committed, and keep all my statutes and do which is lawful and right. He shall surely live. He shall not die. All his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. And notice verse 23. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? I'm going to just stop there. First of all, let me just tell you, verse 23. This is not my program, but if you believe in predestination, what do you do with verse 23 of Exodus 18? What do you do with it? God says that he said he doesn't have any pleasure in the death of the wicked. In fact, the way it's worded here, I mean, it's he's asking a question. Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? You can find out in Ezekiel 18, which I've been reading, you go down to verse 32 right at the end of this chapter, the Lord said, For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore turn yourselves and live ye. So uh, the Lord doesn't get pleasure in people being lost. Number one, and if there's such a thing as predestination, why did he create people to be lost? If it makes him mad anyway, if he doesn't get any pleasure out of it, why didn't he just create them all to be saved? I'm telling you that Ezekiel 18 is a chapter that talks about freedom of choice, personal responsibility. Now, this is where it's going to get a little interesting tonight. And I've already got uh, Dave um, kind of backing me on this. 
and um, not everybody's going to agree with what I'm going to talk about tonight. But it's interesting to me how many people in our society are trying to dismiss the concept of personal responsibility. Now, you may not be aware of this, but modern psychology, there's a, the, there is a teaching, a theory, um, a overwhelming feeling in modern psychology of something called predeterminism. And they base this on their belief in evolution and that they feel like, you know, man is just a animal, a higher form of animal. And really, they feel like we're just a, a kind of a, a glob of, of electronic or electric impulses. You know, our brain is just, you know, kind of the computer yes and no type things. And they believe that through evolution, we've been hardwired to be who we are, and we really don't have any choice about it. Uh, this this uh, theory of predeterminism, uh, or predetermination, I should say, has filtered down to the uh, the world of uh, worldview philosophy that bad behavior is not our fault, and good behavior we can't take credit for it because you really don't have any choice about what you do. You think you do, but you really don't. It's really a kind of a sad, uh, kind of a really sad theory, sad philosophy. Kind of like, you know, we're just a bunch of mindless uh, robots, a bunch of lemmings falling off cliffs, and some are doing better, some are not, but we can't really help it. You know, it they that this philosophy believes that bad behavior is not really our fault. It's the fault of others or the fault of our circumstances. Or even some of you spiritual kooks out there have talked about generational sin. And I'm just going to tell you how I feel about that. Um, I don't believe in it. Way back in the law, God said that the son should not be put to death for the sins of the father. God's never wanted us to be judged by things we didn't choose. And so um, I do believe that there, uh, if people mean generational sin like you learned bad things from your parents and now you're doing them, I believe in that. But I don't believe there's this curse that is following you from 500 years ago. I, I, I just don't believe that. And I'm, and I'm going to explain to you why. I, you know. But this is the world we live in. We live in this world that, that is looking for an excuse when we do bad that it's really not our fault. Let me give you a for instance. Let's talk about alcohol or meth tonight. Either one will work just fine. Some people think that drinking will turn them into a bad person. Or using meth will make them into a bad person. So we can blame it on the booze. It's not really my fault. And in fact, you can, you can back this up because many times when a person quits drinking, they become a better person. And so we say it was the booze that caused them to be a bad person. It was the meth that made them go crazy. And we can say that. And it's very convenient to say that. And let's say that you, uh, you are, 
a man that has has been an alcoholic for 20 years and have, has been very mean and cruel to everybody around you, your children, your wife, everybody, your parents, and now you've quit drinking and you're a wonderful person. And it seems to bear out that it was the alcohol that's the problem. But I'm going to say tonight it wasn't the alcohol that was the problem. It was your choices that was the problem. That's the problem. You know, this this is why the reason many people can't quit is because they need to change something inside that's deeper than a drinking problem or a meth problem. And let me just tell you this, it's pretty hard to come to God and ask for forgiveness if it's not your fault in the first place. God, I'm sorry, I'm a bad drinker, but I can't help it. It's the booze that did it. That's, I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But I'm going to tell you that quitting drinking isn't what makes you into a good person. It's actually kind of the opposite of that. It's the decision to quit drinking that makes you into a good person. It's not quitting drinking that makes you into a good person. Because it wasn't the drinking that made you a bad person. There's a lot of things like this in our society. We like to blame something else but ourselves. Like, like for instance, um, you've been hurt in your life. You were abused, molested, uh, uh, you know, whatever, neglected, and you were hurt in your life. That's why you're making bad decisions today. And that's why you're hurting others maybe. And there are people, there's an element, a huge element of people that will believe that. Well, he didn't have much of a chance. But you see how convenient it is to, to blame something. Now, this program, this could, I mean, this might be my last program. Maybe everyone just, like, they're done with me after this. But you've got to hear me out. I've got a lot of scripture about this. I, I, I do. I, I, this, it's nothing can make you do anything if you don't want to do it. You know, it's kind of like uh, the transgender concept. There's many trans people that are transgender are very confused people and need our prayer. And they need our help. And they need our love. But the transgender community has got a huge suicide rate. But what's unfortunate is people think it's people like me that is causing them to commit suicide. Because I say that it's wrong. You see, we're all looking for somebody to blame. How convenient to blame our bad decisions or being a jerk on other things and on other people. It's an attempt to make us feel better about ourselves and our bad decisions. It really is. You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862. This song is not going to make you feel any better. It's your own fault. You went ahead and did it. It's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself, because it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it. No matter how you want to, you can't blame nobody else, because it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it. It's your own can't blame no one but yourself It's your own fault You went ahead and did it No matter how you want to You can't blame nobody else Now every 
passing the buck Blaming society Parents and luck We pointing our fingers Blaming our tools Somebody else is gonna look like a fool But it's your own fault You went ahead and did it It's your own fault You blame no one but yourself It's your own fault You went ahead and did it No matter how you want it You can't blame nobody else The devil made me do it I heard somebody say Or maybe it was God himself instead Or even John Calvin's turning over in his grave Hearing all our excuses for the way we behave Cause it's your own fault You went ahead and did it It's your own fault You blame no one but yourself It's your own fault You went ahead and did it No matter how you want it You can't blame nobody else While the heavens turn to brass Well, ain't no point in looking for that snake in the grass Don't yell at your wife And don't kick the cat Just tell God the truth You know he'll listen to that Say it's my own fault I went ahead and did it It's my own fault Can't blame no one but myself It's my own fault I went ahead and did it No matter how I want it I can't blame nobody else Cause it's your own fault Ahead and did it, it's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how much you want to, you just can't blame nobody else. Pastor Bob, tell it like it is show. Somebody texted me and said that song brought back post traumatic stress syndrome to them, and they've got their ears plugged, they're not listening. <laughs> so, oh well, there's more to that story than that. The, um, Boy, I got a lot of people texting me tonight. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not. I know I'm 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 I know I'm okay. I mean, I know that what I'm saying is true. I just know the way it's going to come across to some people could sound harsh or cruel. But so far, everybody's saying some pretty good stuff. Um, somebody texted me. So you're saying there's no such thing as a generational curse? No, there's not. Not as far as God's concerned. Uh, you could be cursed by what you know. You could be cursed by what you learned from your parents. But no, no, I don't believe that. No, I God, he's not going to hold the children responsible for the sins of the parents. A uh, bunch of religious kooks out there saying stuff like that. I, you know, I just, uh, you know, in fact, generational curses many times are just used for excuses so people can do what they want to do and say, well, it's really not my fault and don't judge me because how would you know? Now, let me just tell you this. The Bible cuts through all this philosophy, all these excuses. The Bible, hey, and thanks for your texts, uh, 701-290-7862. I didn't even get a chance to uh, check my check my um, emails yet. But the Bible cuts through this philosophy that it's not my fault. It's the fault of the booze. It's the fault of the meth. It's the fault of those that have hurt me. It's the fault of me not having opportunity in my life. Ezekiel 18.30, and here again, I'm, I'm going to encourage you for homework. Read the book of Ezekiel. Read it out of the King James Version. Read it out of the Living Bible. Just read it, digest it, get an understanding of what Ezekiel is saying. God 
wants people, wants wicked people to turn around and do what's right. But they're not going to be able to do this without realizing that they have personal responsibility for their decisions. Ezekiel 18.30, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, saith the Lord God. God will judge you according to what you do. Not according to what you think about yourself, not according to what your friends think about you, not according to whether society says that you're in the medium range of a good person. It doesn't mean anything to God. God is going to judge you according, everyone according to their own ways. James 1.14 says, when a man is tempted, he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth death, and sin when it's in, and bringeth forth sin, and when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. And then James ends that little discourse by saying, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Like, don't get mixed up about this. It all starts with bad decisions or good decisions. Now here's the deal, you guys. What comes on, on the outside is really a reflection of what's going on on the inside. I love this saying, and I've been saying it for years, and I have no idea where I saw it or read it. I don't think I made it up. It said, the same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. It doesn't have anything to do with the sun. It has something to do with the material that the sun is shining on. The same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. Let me tell you this, folks. The circumstances of life just bring to the surface who we really are. Now, this gets me to my title of this little radio show. Killing Flies or Shoveling Manure. Many times, the issues that we battle in our life, I'm going to call them the flies, and they're very irritating. Whether it's anger and rage, whether it's an addiction, whether it's depression, whatever it is, these are the things that we're slapping and fighting. These are the things that are keeping us awake, buzzing around our heads. Flies. I hate flies. I don't know about you. I don't like flies. I don't like the idea that a fly just spent time sleeping on a pile of manure somewhere and is doing the watutsi on my my potato salad and shaking his little legs, shaking all that stuff, that manure right off on my potato salad. Thought it was pepper, it's not. You know, I don't like flies. I'm not real squeamish, but if you put enough flies on my I might shoo away two or three, but if I came back to my potato salad and I had 75 flies sitting there and uh, having a conference, I probably wouldn't eat it. Because I know where those flies have been. So people are spending their whole life trying to swat flies. They're going to treatment centers. They're, um, you know, getting trying to get self-help. They're, they're, um, they're trying to use willpower, whatever. They're trying to kill the flies. But the problem is the reason there are the flies is because there's big piles of manure in your barn. And what I'm telling us today, and what Jesus, I'm going to get to some scriptures that say this, but Jesus is telling us you need to get the shovel out and clean out the manure on the inside of the barn, and you're going to have a whole lot less flies on the outside of the barn. 
See, that's what this means. You know, you've got to turn away from your sin. You know, I this Ezekiel 18 is kind of where my text is tonight. It is just so cool. I mean, like, it says a bunch of stuff twice. You know, um, the this, uh, like he says, um, like you, you read Ezekiel uh, 18.27. It says this, Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he has committed, and, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive because he considereth, and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed. He shall surely live, he shall not die. You see, the wicked man is considering, he's cleaning out his barn. He's getting rid of the manure. And when he gets rid of the manure, his problems start going away. You see, this is why, um, this is why we've got to come to God in true repentance. I'll get to that in just a minute. I got a lot of people texting me tonight. Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty three, either make the tree good and his, and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Like I've got two trees, I got a bunch of trees in my yard. We planted all of them. Well, I had a company plant some of them when we first bought the place. We first built the place. Now, but I know the two that I planted, I know what kind of trees those are. Not just because there was a little tag on them when I bought them, but because after a few years, there was apples growing on them. They're apple trees. And I can know a tree by its fruit. Like what starts growing on it? Jesus goes on in Matthew twelve thirty four, O generation of vipers. Jesus had such a kind way of saying things. O, ge- o generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Like whatever's on the inside, that's going to come out on the outside. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. See, Jesus was saying the problem isn't what we can see on the outside. The problem isn't the apples. The problem isn't the flies. The problem is what you are. Who you are. And that's the part that God can help us with. Let me just say this. Here's the problem. The reason that many are not seeing true change in their life is because they're not experiencing true repentance. Because the reason they're not experiencing true repentance is because it's not their fault. And how do you say sorry when it's not your fault? Like my wife, one of the things that bugs her is if somebody says sorry when they shouldn't say sorry. Like something happens and it wasn't, they didn't even, weren't even there and they go, sorry. Like, why are you saying sorry? You didn't even do anything wrong. Like, 
you can't be sorry if it's not your fault, and you it can't be your fault if you don't know you've done anything wrong. In our society, what they're doing is they're taking away the ability of people to be sorry. And they're giving them excuses and saying, well, it's not really your fault that you're a alcoholic or a meth addict or it's not really your fault that you cheated on your spouse because you had, you know, issues as a child, you didn't bond with your mother or whatever. You know, it's not your fault. How do you repent when it's not your fault? Well, I'm telling you, the start of this is you got to realize whose fault it is. It's your own fault. You went ahead and did it. It's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself because it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it. No matter how you want to, you can't blame nobody else because it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it. It's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself. It's your own fault. You went ahead and did it. No matter how you want to, you can't blame nobody else. Now everyone's an expert. Passing the buck, blaming society, parents and luck. We're pointing our fingers, blaming our tools. Somebody else is gonna look like a fool, but it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. You blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else. The devil made me do it. I heard somebody say, or maybe it was God himself instead, or even John Calvin's turning over in his grave, hearing all our excuses for the way we behave, cause it's your own fault, you went ahead and did it, it's your own fault, you blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault, you went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else. While the heavens turn to brass Well, ain't no point in looking for that snake in the grass Don't yell at your wife And don't kick the cat Just tell God the truth You know he'll listen to that He will say, it's my own fault I went ahead and did it It's my own Still getting post-traumatic stress syndrome from that song? It's my own Pastor Bob the Teller, Like It Is show That's, uh, that's an old Don Francisco album and uh, the girl getting, I'm not going to say who's getting post-traumatic stress syndrome from that song. We're talking about personal responsibility tonight. We're talking about the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, that doesn't give God any pleasure. He's not happy about it. But he has allowed free will. And free will was allowed so God could be worshipped by people that weren't robots. When the Bible says we were created in the image of God, my opinion is that that means we have free will. I believe that we're really the only part of creation that does. I don't think the sun has any say in what it does, and I don't think the earth has any say in what it does. I I don't think, uh, you know, maybe animals have a limited amount of free will. Possibly that's that could be. God took a great risk with free will. Giving man free will was like 
putting a loaded three fifty seven in a playpen full of toddlers. It was very, very risky. By the way, that would be very stupid. Let me tell you, let me show you how the apostles preached. Because the apostles preach different than many Christians preach today. Many Christians preach today this kind of message. Well, you've had a tough life. God understands. And if you don't do very well, you'll be accepted here. Well, let me just tell you this. We, um, you know, at our, our church, we, we love people, and, and there are people that it takes them a while to get up on their feet. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got to move past that. You've got, to, you've got to realize, if you don't start shoveling the manure out of your life, these flies aren't going to go away. You know, get the manure out of your barn. I mean, get get you a bobcat. If Dave, you might have to get a uh, skid steer of some kind. And, uh, you know, Dave, Dave, Dave had some manure in his life. He, he, had a, he needed more than a shovel to get all that stuff out. But this... I'm saying that no matter what it takes, you got it. Jesus said you got to clean the inside of the cup up first. You know, you've got all these hurts you're carrying around. You got all these bitternesses. Your your parents, you were the least favorite of all the children. My grand, my grandparents, you know, they loved all the other grandchildren more than me. Well, I'm not saying it's not. No, a lot of that stuff is just perceived, but maybe it's true. So what are you going to do about it? You know, you, you might think this is my attempt at psychology. It's really not. I'm telling you, if you want to get... This program doesn't have anything to, to do with you be feeling better about yourself. It has to do with you becoming better. It doesn't matter how we feel. You know, like if you, if you uh, at the end of this program, if you realize, you know what, it's my own fault. That... I will have accomplished what I'm trying to do because when it's your own fault, you could come to God and ask for forgiveness. And he's like, I've just, just, all I've been doing is waiting for you to admit that it's your decisions that got you here. And you've been blaming your parents. You've been blaming the booze. You've been blaming the meth. And they're all, might be all lousy, not your parents, but maybe you had lousy parents. I don't know. I had good parents, but I'm just saying, <coughs> you know, the, you know, if let me just tell you, if I wanted to have an excuse to be a jerk and to live dumb, I could tell you my dad was a bad alcoholic for 20 years of his life. I grew up in the home of, of an alcoholic, and that's why I'm a drunk today. <laughs> Does that sound harsh? Well, there's many people doing exactly that. I told the guys up at the jail today that if drug addiction truly is out of your control, if drug addiction truly, like if drug addiction, like if meth addiction is truly like I'm falling off a cliff and I can't help myself, there's nothing I can do, I'm falling. If that's true, I told the guys at the jail this this afternoon, then when you've been in jail for six months or a year and all the meth is out of your system, it's all gone, and you get out, why do you go looking for it again? You know why? Because you want to. That's why. Yeah, I believe in a devil. I believe in sin. I believe in sinful nature. But it's still your own fault. 
And until we realize that, we're never going to get any help from God. All God is waiting for is that. In the very first drama of mankind, we read about a tree in a garden that God said you can't eat of. Now, you can do anything else you want in this garden. Do anything. I mean, that was the only rule. That was the only commandment. You could do anything you want. Just don't eat of this particular tree. There's all kinds of other trees, good trees, good fruit, everything. So this lady, Eve, she eats of this tree. And she gives her husband and he eats. And it all comes crashing down. Satan had deceived the lady and, and, uh, and, and that's why she ate of it. And then she gave her husband to eat and he ate of it. This is the first human drama in the history of man. Well, God gets on the scene and he, he says to Adam, cause Adam, you know, he's the man, he's supposed to be in charge. He said, Adam, what, what have you done? And Adam said, well, it's the woman that you gave me. She gave me of this fruit and I, I did eat of it. So God turns to the woman and he said, Eve, what, what is this that you've done? She, she said, well, the serpent deceived me. And I ate of it. Somebody said the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. Well, anyway, what's missing from this story? I'll tell you what's missing from the story is an apology. It's nobody's fault. Adam said it was Eve's fault. Eve said it was the devil's fault. But whose fault really was it? You know, I'm gonna. I've, I I got a lot more to do here, but I got to read some of these texts. I'm gonna play a portion of a little song here that I love. Just if you can listen to the words of this, text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two.
Eve was the first, but she wasn't the last. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you for all the great texting tonight. Um, the um, We've got the uh, concept of personal responsibility tonight, but don't let that confuse you that we do affect others. We do. Our choices do affect other people. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. You know, I, I, want, I want you to know we all are going to stand before God based on our decisions. But we do have an influence on those around us. Let me tell you how, you know, what I'm talking about today is not the standard tele-evangelist, TV evangelist, radio evangelist type stuff. They don't talk about this. They talk about Jesus loves you and he accepts you just the way you are and you don't have to change. And if you've had a hard life, he understands that and he'll, you know, grade you on the curve. That's kind of the way they, they do it. Well, here's the way Paul did it in Acts twenty four twenty five. He was preaching to a man named Felix. It says, and as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. The apostle Paul reasoned with Felix about righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. And Felix trembled. I had a preacher tell me one time that you can't preach that kind of stuff anymore. People won't accept it. Nobody will come to your church. People need to be told of the benefits of God. The benefits of living for Jesus. That's what you need to zero in on. Don't talk to them about judgment to come. But I'm going to say it again. We can't repent unless we know we're sinners. We won't know we're sinners unless we know what sin is. If the whole world is lousy, we might think we're good. Because we're not as lousy as they are. But what does God think of us? There was a king in the Old Testament. He thought he was doing pretty good. They were cleaning out the temple, the Jewish temple. And they found a copy of the law, which which had been lost. Nobody had one. They read it to the king, and as they began to read it to him, he got really scared. He said, we're in big trouble. We've been disobeying God. You see, this program is not about making you feel better about yourself. It's about making us realize that we need a Savior. We need Jesus. We need forgiveness. No, no, we're not doing good without him. you, You didn't even know you had a whole barn full of manure. You know, this, this uh, Romans 2 and 6 says, God is going to render to every man according 
to his deeds. <laughs> Romans 14.12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every single one of us. Revelation 20 and verse 12 says, uh, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. You see, this topic tonight, God doesn't want us to be lost. God wants us to find forgiveness. God is not happy when anybody's lost at all. He's not. But if you are lost, it's because you keep saying no to God. No, 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 no. Your idea is wrong, God. Your idea is bad, God. My idea is better. You know, like, God, you can't possibly know what you're thinking about or talking about here because that goes against current trend. You see, we, we have all these ideas how God's ways are goofed up and our ways are right. And so God, all of our life, is reaching out to us. He, you know, I say, people, people tell me this, like, I don't believe in a God that would send people to hell. Well, I believe people go to hell. It's not like God just sends them there. They go there. All their life, they say no, 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 no to God. And maybe a maybe once in a while that they don't follow through on. And then, on Judgment Day, do you think God's going to send them to a place where they don't even want to be? Hell is like Burger King. Burger King's motto for years was, have it your way. Now, I'm not saying Burger King is like hell, but I'm saying the motto of Burger King is, have it your way. That's the what hell is like. Say no to God, and you'll be lost. Say yes to God, and you'll be saved. Doesn't get any simpler than that. You know, we've got um, a lot of people are saying some kind things, um, kind things today. Thank you, and maybe some of you are a little confused about what I, um, what I've tried to say tonight. Hopefully not, but I, even if you are, it gets you thinking. All right. You know, that, that's okay. It'll get you thinking. But this concept, this, uh, you know, there was a man, a friend of mine, many years ago. It's been many years now. He was sitting in the county jail. He was 28 years old. And he had been coming to our services up there for a while. Now, this man had been in trouble, drug problems for a while, several years. And uh, methamphetamine, uh, distribution, um, in fact, uh, this man had a really good mom, and she would find out, I guess, sometimes where his court date was and want to show up to tell the judge, don't let him out. <laughs> you know, he's he's a drug addict. I'm, I'm afraid if he gets out, he'll end up killing himself. I don't think he ever wanted his mom to know when his court dates were. Well... He had a good mom and dad, and I they're friends of mine, and I know these people, and he's a friend of mine. He's 28 years old, and one day in a church service in a county jail in Dickinson, this thought entered his mind. What am I doing here? What am I doing in this jail? I know better than this. 
I was raised better than this. What am I doing here? And he made up his mind that he was going to change. Now, if he was here on the air, I think there was more to it than that. But I don't think it was much that I said that day in the service. I really don't think it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. Really, if he's listening, he can text me. He knows who he is. I'm not going to call his name. But he got out of that county jail and was transferred to the Jamestown facility. And he walked into there. He said there was a room full of people. There was a guy sitting at a table. The guy looked up and said, do you have anywhere? Do you have a roommate yet? And he said, no, not yet. I just got here. And he goes, well, I'll be your roommate. And he said this older man and him every morning got up and prayed together and read their Bible together. You know, it was kind of like he made up his mind to change and God worked it out. And that guy's, I think, about 40 now or 42. I don't know how old he is. And he's never used meth again. He's never been back to jail. Why? Because he made up his mind. He made up his mind. That's what God's wanting us to do. He's wanting us to make up our mind. Because once we make up our mind, uh, there is, there's nothing. Once we make up our mind, God will help us. He will. I want to just play a part of this. Is that all right? Yeah, I can do it. It's my show. Grandson Abe playing it this time. He's done it. His, his fiance.
got to have a made-up mind if you want to get anywhere with God. God's the power, but He's still giving us the switch, and that switch is called our decision. Well, we have got uh, no time left, hardly, but um, I'm just going to kind of finish this out by saying our next service in Dickinson at the New Life Pentecostal Church is at 7.30 Wednesday night. That's 501 Elks Drive. Sundays we have church at 10 in the morning is Sunday school. 11 in the morning is our Sunday worship service. Tuesday night at 7.30 at the Beach Community Church we have service. And Thursday night right on Main Street, in Bowman, we have church at 7.30. And um, and I've been giving out my number throughout the program. If you forget some of this and you're living in Bowman or Beach, uh, we got Yvonne listening in Bowman tonight. She was in church. Um, she and her, and her daughter were in church today. That is so awesome. Yvonne has got one of the coolest stories of how she came to Acts 2.38, I think. I've told it a few times on the radio, but just a, just a cool Cool story, but she's down in Bowman. She's a key key member in that church start down there, and um, so there's ways to there's ways to experience if you live in this area of Pentecost yourself. If that number seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two, if you're listening anywhere and you want to try to find a good Pentecostal church, I can try to find you one. I'll try to do that. Well, I'm going to pray and I'm going to play at your own fault one more time after that. Lord Jesus, I ask you to. Work tonight in the lives of those that are listening. Lord, I don't, this program was not intended to, to tell people that if they make up their mind, they can do anything they want. But God, if they make up their mind to change, that you're willing to forgive them, help them, fill them with your spirit, give them power to change. Lord, I, I pray that we all realize that we have to take personal responsibility. And I ask you to help us, Lord, to, realize, to to get out of this cultural thing that we're in where we're always trying to blame everything else or blame all of our bad decisions on others and other outside stimuli, but to realize that these things are coming from inside. And I pray that you just help us get our shovels out and clean out that manure. Well, glad to have you on the program tonight. Uh, the um, glad to have you listening next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time. We should be back for another Tell It Like It Is show, and that show I'm going to be talking about something that was seated by Brother Doug Fuller, somebody that kind of just spoke something into my life uh, last night in Bismarck, and you don't want to miss that. All right, God bless you. It's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault Can't blame no one but yourself, cause it's your own fault You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want to You can't blame nobody else, cause it's your own fault You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault Can't blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want to You can't blame nobody else, now everyone's an expert Passing the buck, blaming society, parents and luck. We're pointing our fingers, blaming our tools. Somebody else is gonna look like a fool, but it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. You blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else. The devil made me do it. 
I heard somebody say Or maybe it was God himself instead Or even John Calvin's turning over in his grave Hearing all our excuses for the way we behave Cause it's your own fault You went ahead and did it It's your own fault Can't blame no one but yourself It's your own fault You went ahead and did it No matter how you want it You can't blame nobody else While the heavens turn to brass Well, ain't no point in looking for that snake in the grass Don't yell at your wife And don't kick the cat Just tell God the truth You know he'll listen to that See, it's my own fault I went ahead and did it It's my own fault Can't blame no one but myself It's my own fault I went ahead and did it No matter how I want it I can't blame nobody else Cause it's your own Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.